0: By the time he was four years old, sitting with me in shul um, and we were reading out of a sitter by the time he was four. A kid who just always wanted to go to school, always wanted to do, you know, just a just cute little happy-go-lucky kid. Um, a, couple, uh, a couple of years later, a year or two later, it was, I mean, now looking back at it, I mean, these are the things that you, you find out later really what, what happened. Um, he, we, I was giving him, a, you know, with him in the bath, he had told me, um, the craziest thing, and of course we all just, like, it just went off, um, brushed it off, where he told me, um, it was, it was just the craziest line that he used uh, about the kadurim in the, in the bathtub. And I was a little bit taken back and shocked, and it turns out that somebody did touch him in shul. Um. And this is going back, and we'll be figured it out. He went. He just from that moment, he his. He kind of shut himself out. Little by little, no more friends. Even no more playdates. Didn't he, he was just trying one thing after the next, and it just never go, went through it. By the time he was after his bar mitzvah, he his payas were you know very long. It turns out he said and my cousin made a deal with him that if he lets his payas grow long, he'll get a hundred dollars for the bar, by the bar mitzvah. So right after the bar mitzvah the the payas got cut pretty short. He decided he wanted to he wanted to go to a particular Shiva high school. By the time middle of tenth grade, that was the end of it. He there was no going to school, he refused to go out, he his Payers were, you know, gone completely. He, it was the anger, the tantrums, the the fighting in the house, the, it it was, it was really disastrous. I came um, to the States for one of my nephews bar mitzvah. I felt something was off sometime during Shabbos, not Shabbos, as we did have in the house. My wife calls me from Eretz Israel and tells me that the, my son had pulled out, opened up the knife drawer, and pulled out the knives. Uh, of course I get on a plane, go straight home, and uh, it just went from bad to absolute, it just, just kept getting worse, uh, the fighting, the the, the anger, the it, it was really bad, there was a couple of months over there where he was by his grandparents' house, um, he, we were fighting a lot, because I, I was being told by all the therapists, you gotta draw the line. Um, he, if he doesn't come to the Shabbos table dressed in his clothes, he can't come to the Shabbos table. This is with the therapists, with the professionals. Everybody's telling me all the same thing. So you follow, what do I know? I follow the professional advice. Till the point where he started threatening his little sister, um, at the time 10, but. She was being traumatized constantly. She couldn't sit still, she couldn't she was fidgeting too much, she was making too much noise. The threats kept going and going until, of course, the therapist tell you to draw the line. You drew the line. He was kind of told, you know, you can't behave like this in the house. You put on the bed put on took the backpack. Out the door you went. And uh, he was by the time he was, he was nineteen. Yeah, he was, he was, he's nineteen at this point. He he went into the army. Um, the army didn't last very long, a little over a year. He got a medical discharge. The kid was not happy. He was on medication. He got off medication so he can go to the army, but that was not really a good idea. Um, but he got a medical discharge because they no, well, they didn't even know what to do with him. Um, especially since he couldn't even talk to his fellow soldiers who were Chiloni, which he said, I'm Chiloni because, you know, Shabbos was gone and whatever he was doing. He packed up, like I said, he packed up and he was out of the house and the last thing he said to me before he closed the door was, when I close this door, you'll never see me again. What was I going to do? Everybody said, you got to draw the line, you got to protect the younger siblings. Something was completely off, didn't feel right. I, I, we cried for the next couple of months, every day, my wife and I. Didn't know what was going on. Baruch Hashem, somehow, by siyat ha we came here after the And we went through the training, like we are all going through now. And we started working behind the scenes. We couldn't talk to him directly. We couldn't do a lot of things. And we just spoke to him. He was still in touch with his grandparents and his couple of his older sisters. So we did a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, I guess you mentioned the gift bombs and stuff. No, we're going to get to on the training Okay, you'll, you'll, you'll get to a couple of different things. Um, we did think... if. They actually blew up in our faces a couple of things that we we tried doing even with so but we kept going and we kept doing it after nine months of not speaking to this child directly it was coming time to a my daughter's bas mitzvah the one that he that caused him to leave the house and he decided we let it be known that my parents are coming in. His sisters were coming in from the states. A lot of people were coming in, and he was invited to come for Shabbos. He texted us and asked if he can meet us um, through a th- with a third party, uh, a therapist, to prepare to see if it's okay that he would come for that Shabbos and to be a part of our to be a part of it. And he did, uh, and we spoke, and we. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got one major thing. A few months back, a couple of months, a few months back. While we were doing all this work from behind the scenes, um, I had made a Mashas And my son, who moved to lot to, to work in lot and I'm bored and I wish he went to India instead, but he went to lot. He sent me a package and a letter from lot. Um, he sent me a bottle of bourbon and a letter thanking me for doing whatever it is that I was doing, and he understood that it was going to be a, that, they, that we're that we're different. He asked me not to contact him, but we realized that moment when he sent us when he sent me that letter, and I didn't care what was written in the letter. I cared only that he was able to put thought to paper that something was going on within him that was changing major and he sent me that bourbon he sent me the letter which is still hanging up on my desk uh totally friend he actually s- so when he came home that shabbos that thursday before shabbos because my daughter's party was that thursday night thank god i, I really liked her base because party has to be in the house and i had to go after dinner so that was nice <coughs> he came in his jeans and his shirt and he's got his you know the nice long hair with the ponytail and he came and he spent shabbos with us not totally in the house um he had the keys to my car we get, we let him have the car he went to his grandparents for shabbos and he came back and forth throughout shabbos when he walked in the door for the first time in nine months The hug he got from my 12-year-old daughter, the one that caused him to leave the house in the first place, the hug that he got from her, because she saw what we were doing, and she followed suit, and she, by the way, says, oh, you going to that other guy again? She hopped it at 12, and she saw how much it worked, and her trauma of being threatened and chased is, by the way, gone because of this. She only smiles with him, she only laughs with him, she calls him. She gave him a hug that just made me go back into my office when he walked in the door and cry. And I came out after I composed myself, he gave me a handshake for the first time that we laid eyes on each other physically for nine months. We had a Shabbos that was the greatest Shabbos in my life because he kept coming he came he sat at the table friday night after i right before i would make kiddish and i get him with all my other kids brochos he I, and we learned you'll see that you just you don't push yourself on him on them at all he took a step forward to me and bent his head and i asked him are you sure and he gave me this kind of nod but he said yeah was very careful to not touch his hair too much, and I gave him his bracha. Barely made it through Kiddush. I cracked at the end. And then after that, I walked into, my, into another room. I, I lost it completely. And I think he figured it out, but I completely lost it. But we had the greatest Shabbos. We had no Smiris at the table. There was no different Torah, nothing. We just sat there and laughed and... and I saw dimples on his face for the first time in six years, possibly. Um, Sunday, after spending a day together, um, he calls my wife and I into another room after I come home Sunday night. And he looks at us both and he says, I'm moving to Yushalayim. I, I'm leaving a lot. I'm going to move closer, probably to Yushalayim. Which is only about a half an hour from us, as opposed to a three and a half, four hour drive to Elat. And he says, "I'm moving closer because I want to work on our relationship." And he did. We did. He 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 came up a week later. He packed up his stuff from a lot. He came. Thing. He stayed by his grandparents, who's not too far from us. And for the next week and a half, he and I almost every night went apartment shopping apartment hunting in Yushalayim. There was one night that I couldn't uh, go with him. He went to go look at one apartment. and about 35 apartments that we looked at together, he chose the one that we didn't go to see together, uh, which was ended up being the best apartment for him and the right location for him. He got himself a job. He's functioning. He speaks to us every single day. And that's actually where I walked out a couple of minutes ago because he had just called me. Um, And he's functioning. He's um, happier. He's not there yet. But my wife and I look at each other every single day and realize how far he's come. In this short amount of time, this nine months of, of doing this, from not speaking, not talking to each other, not... Knowing anything from a kid who just sat on a couch, couldn't get his day going anywhere, any times, from all those years of sleeping during the day, up all night watching everything and anything under the sun. He's back in our lives. He's talking. He's laughing. He's functioning. He's um, his medication is very stable at the moment. And I think very soon his medication is going to start decreasing and not increasing because he is happier and he is functioning better. And um, he's, he's got a lot, of, lot to work to go, there's no question about it, but we know for sure that there was the trauma when he was younger, which caused him to um, move away or inter, you know, just, just separate himself from everybody, which caused bullying in school which I guess added to his trauma. His rebellion at one point, a couple of his rebellion, had no idea what to do with him to, to a point where one ruby says, I don't like this trauma, I don't like you, to his face. When we started this and we realized what was going on, we realized one thing. How he ever been, you know, how did he ever function? When he pulled the knives and he didn't do anything, how did he not? Our way of looking at him and working with him is just just a smile on his face, just to see his dimples again was the greatest miracle of our lives. This is Avi Fischoff and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL